Since the dawn of time, mankind has searched for ways to shelter themselves from the elements. Over the centuries, these shelters have evolved from bamboo huts to concrete towers. The last few years, there's been a push to save the planet. Are you ready to embark on a more sustainable lifestyle? Look no further. You're about to enter the adventures of container home living. And now, contractor, radio and TV personality, and your host for Boxcar Universe, Steve Dubell. Hi, I'm Steve Dubell, host of Boxcar Universe, along with my co-host, Mel Alva. And here's what's coming up on this week's edition of Boxcar Universe. We're talking with Sean LaPointe from Mr. Electric about what's new in EV charging stations for your auto. Also joining us will be Leanne Yokel. She is the Senior Water Planning Analyst from SRP, one of our local electric utility companies here in the Valley of the Sun. All that and more this week on Boxcar Universe, your home for containers, sustainable lifestyle living. But right now we want to introduce and welcome into the show our good friend and sponsor, Sean LaPointe from Mr. Electric. And Sean, how are you doing today? Uh, Steve, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me out. Oh, it's great. I'm glad that you're on the show. And, uh, you know, we're talking about all the good things that you do, but you know, one of the things that you shared with me, um, and it was a while ago about the charging stations for the, um, the Tesla that you have in the EV vehicles that are out there. And then everybody is all jazzed up about. It. Yeah, I'm pretty jazzed about it too. I have to say we've been uh, doing quite a few installs, both for uh, residences and for businesses too. Um, we just completed one at a uh, multifamily project and uh, that went pretty well. And we added a separate meter and a, a dual dual port commercial charging station by ChargePoint. And so we've been certified uh, with that particular manufacturer as well. We're very proud of that. And uh, we got another project very similar to that coming up here soon as permits are approved. Well, that's, that's really good. Now, when so, somebody goes, uh, you know, decides that they're going to buy an EV, okay? Um do you think that they, well, obviously you're a perfect example, but you knew that you were going to get EV aside from the fact that you own Mr. Electric. Okay. Did the thought of, of, you know, the cost of what it takes to charge your vehicle come into your thoughts at all, or how did that play into your, 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 uh, no, excuse me, your, uh, desire to buy a, an EV vehicles? That's a great question. You know, I'm, I'm, I was originally a truck guy, you know, Silverado's for, you know, for a long time. And, uh, when, when the, uh, the model three was offered as kind of an affordable price point for an electric vehicle, me being the techie guy that I am, I, I had, I, there was no choice in the matter. I just had to jump on it. And it took, uh, it took almost a year and a half to get delivery on that car. And I have to say, I absolutely love that vehicle coming from a giant, you know, you know, pickup truck, you know, thing here I'm driving around this Tesla model three and everybody's like, well, really, does that really, you know, you really like that? And the answer is, yeah, I absolutely love this car. Well, yeah, obviously, I mean, it's in, and it's, it's probably something that you would, that wouldn't, you know, go on in um, a long, long journey with over the road, but it surely works well within the city. When you think about it, um, how many miles can you get out of one charge? 
So on the particular model that I have, um, it, it, it degrades over time a little bit, but right now I can get about 250 miles on a charge. But one thing you got to take into account for is that um, that's like if the wind is perfect, if you're not using your air conditioning, your heating, um, there, or, or even like doing the uh, you know self-driving modes or autopilot modes, everything that happens in that vehicle takes a little bit of power. So, you know, a realistic mileage, you know, it might say 240, but, you know, it could be, that could be actually 200, maybe even less. And if you put your, got a heavy foot in it and you're going 80 miles an hour, that has a tendency to drop a, drop the range as well. Yeah. I, I, so it's, it's not bad. You know, we, we, um, and you mentioned about going cross country and stuff and, you know, we were, we were thinking about going to Albuquerque a while back and, um, and we kind of had to take a look at where the charging stations were located, you know, public ones. And, uh, we decided that we couldn't make it happen. There wasn't enough, uh, you know, wasn't enough uh, charging stations between here and Albuquerque to 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 safely get there. Yeah, see, that's that, that yeah. is that's only the probably about the only drawback you could think of. Uh, but you know, in and in and around, uh, you know, in, if you do it from the city and don't and don't use it, I mean, for, on a daily basis, um, you should be pretty pretty much okay. And I'm sure. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, I think I've only gotten. Uh, you know, figuratively, you know, caught with my pants down only a couple of times where I had to, you know, <laughs> caught with you your know, man, I got to find a place to charge like right now, you know. Sean, and, I have a question for you. Do they sure. offer a portable charger for that? Because I know that uh, we were looking at uh, possibly getting a Tesla as well. And that was my biggest concern is being able to travel, um, you know, not so much across country, but uh, maybe to California and uh looked like there were plenty of charging stations um you know from phoenix to to los angeles but there is yeah they're, they're, that's not an issue so that's a very common route and uh they've definitely made sure that there's plenty of places to stop as far as a portable charger i'm really not really aware of anything at the consumer level um you know what i have seen like with triple a and stuff if you're dead on the side of the road they actually bring a, a gas powered generator and they plug into that. I have to say that um, that the amount of power it takes to run one of these is pretty extravagant. Um, as an example, um, I have a um, I have a 20 amp 240 volt circuit dedicated in my house, and it takes a good 12 hours to charge that vehicle oh, wow. to get that 240 miles. Wow! Well, wow! So in yeah. in with your daily use um, of it, I mean, how long would you say you go between charges? Um, I'm probably charging, it depends on the, depends on how much, you know, driving around I'm doing, but probably anywhere between, um, every other day is, is pretty, pretty general or maybe once every three days. Um, if I'm going around, you know, a lot, I could be, could be, you know, every night I have to have a charging station here at the office too. So the charging station here at the office is a 50 amp charger, actually 60. And, um, and I can get the car vehicle charged in about four hours on that particular charger. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the the installation of possibly your charging uh, unit at your home and what you need to consider and uh, some of the particulars. So this way you can choose the right charger for the right vehicle. And, you know, we talk about Tesla. I think Tesla is kind of like, um, you know, Mel, when we talk about certain things like, like, uh, Kleenex, that the name of it tells you exactly what it is versus, you know, what it actually is. It's not, tissue. it's a tissue, Yeah. you know, but we say Kleenex, everybody knows what it's talking about. So when you say Tesla, 
Tesla. Everybody knows what Tesla is now, mm-hmm. thanks to Elon Musk. That's right. That's right. So, okay, you're going to take a short break. When we come back, we have more with Sean, and you are tuned in to Boxcar Universe. Hi, I'm Steve Dubell from Ideal Home Improvement. The uncertainty of our economy is very troublesome. Interest rates are rising and inflation is high. The utility cost of energy is forever rising. The good thing is that we as homeowners can do something about our energy bill right now and in the future. Solar energy is literally the best investment you can make at this moment and the most likely to steady your finances through uncertain times. Think about this. If you could have locked down the cost of your energy bill 10 years ago, would you have done it? I think your answer would be yes. Think of the savings you could be enjoying right now as your neighbors who don't have solar are at the mercy of the utility companies. Let Ideal Home Improvement review your energy bill and see what a solar system on your home can do for your family and budget. Just give us a call at 602-332-6203 or email us at steve at idealhomeimprovementaz.com. Let me help you start saving today. I'm Mel Alva with Alva Interiors and co-host of Boxcar Universe. As a professional interior designer with over 22 years experience, I'm excited to bring my knowledge to the Boxcar Universe show. As a full service interior design studio, we see your designs from the conceptual phase through to the styling and furnishing of your home. At Alva Interiors, our team approaches every design project with a fashion meets design sense to execute timeless interiors, style that makes a statement. You can find us on the web at alvainteriorsaz.com, on Facebook at Alva Interiors AZ, and on Instagram at Alva Interiors. All right, you are listening to Boxcar Universe right here in the beautiful Boxcar Universe studios. But uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, your electric vehicle and, you know, thinking about it. You know, we, as I said, we talked a lot about Teslas, but, you know, you've got Ford. They're investing in building, you know, electric vehicles. You see, um, you know, uh, I believe it's Hyundai has one. Um, General Motors, you know, is dealing with it, doing some as well. So it's not just Tesla, but on the other hand, Sean, now with the way those are all built, you know, depending on if it's Tesla or not, doesn't make any difference. The, the hookup to a charging station, is it, is it all the same? Um, they are fairly all the same. However, Tesla likes to be a little, uh, um, proprietary. And so the, sh- you know, while, while I can drive up to any, any Tesla, um, charging station and plug in with no problem. Um, the guys that don't have a Tesla aren't able to use that. The, the, the plug is different. Right. And so if I go to a non Tesla charging station, I have an adapter that I can stick on the end of the, the, the charging cable to allow me to use, you know, the, you know, the non Tesla chargers. It's kind of, kind of funny. Um, 
and they have a couple of variants too when we're talking about um, the, the highest level of charging. You know, these DC fast chargers are called level three chargers and, and uh, they can charge a vehicle like mine in about 20 minutes. It's, it's an insane amount of power. They usually have their own transformer from the power company to run these things. And they have a, a little proprietary um, um, and that allows the car to receive that. And again, I have to, I have to get an adapter if I want to use a non-Tesla fast charger. So it's interesting how it works. You think that they would, you know, it used to be when it first came out that it was all common, but Tesla kind of said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to make ours a little proprietary. So hopefully they change that running down the road, but I think it's a, uh, you know, I think in the grand you know, scheme of everybody having an electric vehicle, sure would be nice to have some unification there. Yeah, that's, it would make sense, you know, to be yeah. able to have, yeah. if, if you're changing that way in the way that you, you know, build vehicles, I mean, they should all have, I mean, would you think, for instance, if it was a Ford, Chevy or, or a Chrysler product, that they would have uh, different access to put, you know, go get your fuel, to go buy gas, where the, where the port to put the spout in would be different? I mean, it just seems like, you know, Tesla's got a little <laughs> testy, little play on words there. Um, when it said, like, want to get, well, let's get proprietary. Yeah, I'm sure that'll happen going down the road because as, as more electric vehicles, you know, they could become more, you know, proliferate and, and, um, and every, you know, it's definitely the wave of the future. I mean, the, the internal combustion engine for passenger vehicles, I think, is, you know, has a, a, a lifespan. I think, I think we're seeing coming towards the end of it. Yeah. Well, you know, on the other hand, too, it's, it, from from the other thing too is you think about you know electric vehicles and i'm sure they're always constantly trying to improve on battery life uh when you think about see these huge you know tractors for 18 wheelers that they say oh yeah we have they run on electric now i'm thinking about the stuff that i used to haul years and years ago i'm like thinking really <laughs> how is it how is an electric how is an electric you know uh tractor good at pull 40 50 000 pounds of of freight and how long can it go for i mean my god i can imagine what those what those even if you can you know go some kind of distance that those charging stations got to be if they're going to put those cross country can you imagine doing doing that i mean i just I just don't think the technology is there yet for from a, from a commercial application. Well, uh, a lot of commercial like delivery services and and you know companies like that, you know, they're definitely investing in electric vehicle um, inventory for sure. And I think it's a great place to, to start it. What, what better way than a than a vehicle that's continuously on the road, you know, to test that technology? So, yeah. yeah, we can only go up from here. I yeah, well, yeah. Well, it, it's like everything else. You know, we didn't we didn't go to Mars in in one day, as yeah. they say, it's going to take a lot of time, trial and error, and we're going to be able to do that. So, um, in your in situation, okay, talking about the the charging station, um, do you, when somebody calls you to actually do that, um, what kind of consultation do you do with them? That's a great question. And so, the biggest concern that we have is. Um, you know, what, you know, what, what, how much do they have to charge? What kind of vehicle do they get? You know, all, all, all the newer vehicles have a very, very long range. And that's the, that's the, the big sales point now. Like, you know, it used to be like if I had a Nissan Leaf, it was maybe like 80 miles of range and you can actually, you know, run a level one charger, which plugs into a normal 120 volt outlet. 
And uh, now they got these large batteries, you know, like mine and the and the and the Fords coming out and stuff like that. The uh, you know the amount of power required to charge this thing brings us into what we call a level two range, which is 240 volts, typically 32 amps and above. So um, some people aren't aware that they think they can just plug these things in, or they can. You know, we even have requests for DC fast chargers at homes, and it's just not physically possible. The infrastructure is not there. Um, but the common one is the level two charger, and when we consult for those, one of the first things we do is what's called a load calculation, and we determine, you know, the same the same um, formulas that you know engineers use to determine the size of the of the um, electrical box on the house. Is the same. This is the same system that we use to determine whether we can add this additional, um, this additional power requirement to it. And a lot of times we find that the customer's panel just isn't big enough, especially on the larger homes. You got two or three air conditioners and and uh, you know no natural gas. Um, sometimes it's a challenge to be able to, you know, to get these things in. And so they're definitely looking at a panel upgrade from 200 amps to to 400 amps. The unfortunate side effect of that is, you know, there's there's a cost to that. Sure. Know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's got to got to run probably, probably three, four, maybe even five thousand dollars for a type panel upgrade like that, right? Yeah, easily from from a two hundred to four hundred. It's that's that'd be the minimum cost. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are things. Again, those are things that people need to take into consideration. You know, um, you know, and if they are going to be doing more things on their home, those are things like if you're going to add a pool, maybe or something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> two to four hundred. I mean, I know. When um, when I built my home, when I was married, we put a 400 amp service on the house from from day one because we had a an 1800 square foot detached garage that had you know all kinds of units and stuff like that, and and a 3000 square foot house and we were just like well we didn't know what else we we might add in the future and as long as we were building yep. it from scratch, yep. that's the best time to do it. Yeah, and the uh, the other thing too is sometimes we go into homes where they have two electric vehicles. You got his and hers, you know. And, yes. and it's like, well, I need a charger for both of these. And, I have wow, a customer like that. One. And so, you know, we we've, we've actually devised um, ways with using a using smart uh, technology to be able to um, relay between the two, and also manufacturers like Tesla. Uh, and uh, a couple other ones, Juicebox, I think, um, now allow power sharing. So you can actually tie two uh, electric vehicle charging stations together on the same circuit, and then they'll manage between the two um, the appropriate amount of power so you don't overload the circuit. That's pretty cool. I have a, I have a, I have a customer I did a remodel for years ago that actually it, it did exactly what you said. They had matching Teslas, Mel. One was, one was a four-door, one was a two-door. Huh. One was white, one was black. Love it. It was great. <laughs> and and I believe the wife had the two-door. And when it had to go in for service or something, or I had a recall on something, she hated driving the four-door. And it was like amazing. I'm like, okay, I how can, much I different can, can it be? How it's, different can that be? It's a big difference. I mean, listen, we, you know, have BMWs and I love my cars, but I'll tell you, I was used to driving my three series and even had the hardtop convertible there. And I just love how small it was and zipping in and out of where I need to go. And then you jump up to a bigger five series and it just kind of feels like a boat. (laughs) I know it's not a seven or whatever. I mean, I get that and it's not the SUV, but it just, it feels bigger. And so I just, I don't know. I like the smaller cars, but you know, I was a, I grew up Riding a or driving a little Volkswagen a V-Dub, you know, as a teenager. And I just loved my little tiny 
bug. So it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the joys of growing old, but you have some great things that you can enjoy and appreciate as you get older. And I think that's, that, that's, I think says a lot about growing old. I really do. There's no, as they say, there's no substitute for experience, but, uh, Sean, tell our listeners, uh, how they could contact you. And if they are seriously considering getting an EV and, uh, obviously the other things that we've mentioned and i'm sure there's some other stuff that we haven't touched on but they can contact you and you can actually give them that uh, great consultation they can absolutely um uh, for anyone that, that still has um uh, still likes to use uh telephones um we can reach us at 480 <laughs> 480-503-2426 you can find us on the web almost just by searching mr electric um we'll come up and that website is www.mrelectric.com Right. And also there is a section in there. If you, if you scroll down and if you are, you know, uh, uh, data intelligent, as they say, uh, going forward and, uh, you could find, there is a section on there that has information on Mr. Electric's website about EV charging stations and things like that. So you can kind of get up to speed and have a discussion with Sean and he can come out and, uh, take a look at your problem, you know, your, your issue with your, with your new car and um, give you a quote. Steve, thank you. All right, Sean. Thanks, thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate you. Have a great day. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a short break and when we come back, we're going to be talking with Leanne Uckel from uh, the uh, SRP, our uh, utility company here in the Valley of the Sun. She's a senior water planning analyst. We're going to be talking about some of the conservation, uh, water that srp is involved in so i want everybody to hang tight you're listening to boxcar universe chances are when it's time to call a service professional you need someone right away who can you call for those electrical problems fast? The answer is Mr. Electric, a licensed, bonded, and insured company serving the Valley of the Sun since 2000. Some of their residential and commercial services include expert troubleshooting, replacing an outlet, hanging a ceiling fan, or upgrading your electric service, and much more. Rest assured, all work is guaranteed. Call today for your appointment, 480-503-1339. You can find them on the web at phoenixmetro.mrelectric.com. Remember, at Mr. Electric, we have the power to make things better. You may not believe this, but smart home technology can be traced back to 1975 to the first home automation platform when the X10 was invented. In 48 years, things have come a long way. To truly have a smart home today, the homeowner needs to make a smart decision and call a premier high-tech company. That company is Mythic Sound Lighting and Shade. Mythic can simplify your life with home automation, home security, home theater, lighting and shade, plus outdoor and indoor home audio custom designed to fit your lifestyle. For the finest in products and services, visit their website at mythicsls.com that's m-y-t-h-i-c-s-l-s.com or call them today for a free consultation at 602-329-4200 
3252. That's 602 329 4252. Hi, I'm John Weisbart, co host of FYI Network's hit TV show, Tiny House Nation. Now, people all over the country are downsizing, and tiny homes are all the big rage. But remember, even tiny homes need repairs, and left unattended, those tiny problems become big problems. Don't let that happen to you. Know what makes your home tick. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe right here, 2023 variety version, as they say. And uh, Mel and I are here, and we're talking uh, recently in the last uh, segment, we're talking with Sean LaPointe from Mr. Electric about uh, EV chargers and uh, things you need to think about when you do that. But we want to talk to Leanne Yaquel. She is the senior water planning analyst from SRP, and we want to welcome. Leanne into the show. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I appreciate, appreciate you being here. You know, um, some of the things that I think people uh, here in the Valley of the Sun probably don't think much about when it, when it, when you mention SRP is water. And that's one of the things because uh, SRP provides, you know, a good part of our Valley with our electrical power. Right. Yeah. So more than a, for more than 100 years, SRP has provided a reliable water supply to metropolitan Phoenix. Um, so our work began with one of Arizona's first dams and grew into a system of lakes, rivers, dams, and canals that delivers water to millions of residents in the valley. So every time you every time you cross one of those canals, Mel, just think of Leanne. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now SRP, you know, does a great job of, of, you know, providing power for the Valley and Lord knows you have, must have a, a great challenge, you know, when it comes to, you know, to water as well as electric, because, you know, think about all the different people that are moving into the Valley of the sun and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And it's just, just amazing that you have to try and keep up with that. Yeah, so water management is a huge uh, part of what we do. So um, we do have seven reservoirs and the water collected. So basically how the water journey starts from the watershed to your showerhead is that high in the mountains, the forests of northern and eastern Arizona has the SRP watershed that's made up of 8.3 million acres of protected forest land. So in the winter, snow collects in those forests and in the spring, the snow melts and here's the water journey. Um, it begins and melted snow flows down the mountains into our salt and verde rivers. And then it goes through our seven lakes. So those are our reservoirs. So in our reservoirs, we also have dams, right? So the dams allow us to control the flow of the water so that we can manage floods and also store the water so that we're prepared during periods of drought. And our dams are also used to generate hydroelectric power. Right. And obviously with the, I, I mean, if it's just me, I think that uh, the first part of this year, you're only into February, but it seems like we've gotten more than our amount of usual rain for this type of the year. So uh, hopefully those uh, levels are uh, higher than usual. 
Yes, definitely. So we're really excited about that. Our hydrologists are, you know, <laughs> really um, gearing up for this and um, trying to predict, you know, what is going to come off of our watershed. And hopefully we continue with the rains and, and the nice snow that we've had in the north. So it will be very good for us. It's good. I did. I, you know, I've been, I haven't heard that word before. Hydrologist. That's I like that term. Right. <laughs> I think that's really good. I love it. We tip our hats to all the hydrologists in SRP. <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, you know, it's things that we don't think about. And a lot of these things that, you know, because you go through your daily life, you take for granted. And uh, obviously, you know, living in the desert, you've been here. I mean, I've been living in the desert since 1989 and growing up back east coming back out here, it's like, um, you, you kind of expect everything to be okay and water to be there, but you know, getting water into a desert area and doing what you guys do is just, uh, not what they do back East all the time. Cause it's a whole different world back there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it is different. And, you know, as you know, we do live in a desert, so it's important that, you know, we conserve. We have been in a drought since the mid nineties. So it's not like this is uncharted territory for us. Um, we've been planning and managing water for decades. So I think that a lot of the things that we have in place, um, helps with guiding us through that. I mean, we have one of the, um, nation's strictest rules about, you know, um, building in our areas and water management. So I think that has helped us in, in these times. I think that's really interesting. I want to chime in, Leanne, when I, I'm originally from Boston and when I first moved to Arizona, uh, there was a seminar that they were holding at the school. And I don't know if it was um, one of the, the, you know, bigger companies out here that were uh, hosting it, but it was about water conservation and uh, as a small child, you know, they're, they're teaching you when you're brushing your teeth, you turn the water off. And I'll be fair, uh, back, uh, back east, uh, that is not taught in any of the, yeah. <laughs> the schools, you know, it's uh, just brush your teeth, right? But uh, we just found that it was really interesting. It was also like surviving in the desert and how you could, you know, get water from a cactus, things like that. So I just wanted to chime in. I, I feel that's really interesting. And I wonder if schools are actually still doing that today. And if they're not, maybe they should be. Yeah. So um, SRP actually partners with a few of the municipalities in the area. Um, and we are de developing um, a new school program. And um, it's in the works right now. I believe we started in fall. So it's wrapping up um, at the end of the school year here. But we teach pretty much first through fourth graders. Um, water conservation and different tips that they can share with their parents and do at home. Um, and then also, you know, just in case they see a leak to notify their parent or, you know, adult and make sure that that gets fixed. So we have these little, um, you know, kids out there soaking everything up like sponges and spreading the information to their parents and anybody who will probably listen <laughs> to them um, about water conservation. And I think it's really key that, you know, we are educating their, our youth because they will be our future. And so if they're smarter about their water use, then it will definitely help our resources later on. That's, that's, that's really important. And we want to urge all our listeners who are in the Valley of the Sun to make sure that, uh, you stop by and say hi and, and check out what, um, SRP is actually offering and what they do. And, yeah, maybe you haven't thought about controlling your water usage when it comes to your irrigation, but, uh, you know, Mel, I think it's something that 
people need to be more cognizant. Like you say, you know, I, we, I grew up the same way back, back East, like shut, shut the water off. And when you're like in between your rushing, are you crazy? Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. That's, but that's what happens. And, you know, um, you grow up and you develop your habits according to what you're, you're used to, what your mom and dad have done. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, you know, uh, kudos on training all the kids early, Leanne. Thank you so much, Leanne. Leanne, we appreciate all your time and uh, talking to us about this and we'll help spread the word for you. Sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. You enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. you and too. that was Leanne Yockwell from SRP. Guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. You're listening to Boxcar Universe. You may not believe this, but smart home technology can be traced back to 1975 to the first home automation platform when the X10 was invented. In 48 years, things have come a long way. To truly have a smart home today, the homeowner needs to make a smart decision and call a premier high-tech company. That company is Mythic Sound Lighting and Shade. Mythic can simplify your life with home automation, home security, home theater, Lighting and shade plus outdoor and indoor home audio custom designed to fit your lifestyle. For the finest in products and services, visit their website at mythicsls.com. That's M Y T H I C S L S.com or call them today for a free consultation at 602 329 4252. That's 602 329 4252. Stardust Building Supplies is your home improvement thrift store. Find salvaged and gently used cabinetry, doors, windows, appliances, lighting, plumbing, and much more. Save money, be green, and support the community. Shop and donate at Stardust Building Supplies. For more info, visit stardustbuilding.org. This is Amber Sullins, Chief Meteorologist for ABC 15 News. Nightly, I update you with the most up-to-date and accurate forecasting of our valley's weather. The most accurate and cutting-edge information for your home can be found here at... Guess who we have live in studio today? Herself. Amber Sullins. Chief, Hi. Chief meteorologist from ABC 15. Good morning, Amber. Good How are you? morning. I'm great. It's a beautiful morning. Clouds rolling in. We can see them from this gorgeous <laughs> view out here. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. You know, every time we talk, I was talking with Ed, our operations manager, we were talking about next time you were going to come in. And, um, you know, I, I, tell, I keep telling Ed, you know, we have to somehow get you at, like, off-site office so that you can have these windows so you yeah. can help, help the broadcast at night because you could see, God, you could see everything, everything. from here. 
So and I, my office has no windows. I know. None. I know. And a television. Uh, I, I'm in the studio, so there's no way for me to see outside. Can't can we petition mm-hmm. for cameras or something? I know. Isn't that great? Well, I, you know, we have a few Valley cams, one in Queen Creek, right. one uh, up here in Phoenix, another one up at the Mayo Clinic. So those help out a lot. But nothing beats being able to just stare out with your own eyes and see what's going on I and know. not have to look all the through way the camera. Tucson. Well, you yeah. Know, yeah. And, and it, it, you could take the picture of what you see versus all the data that you're getting in the computer about what's happening. Exactly. All the rate. Uh, I, you know, one of the first things I always like to do is when I see stuff like this happening and depending on whether I have outdoor work or not, first thing I do is go right on, right on the ABC 15 radar and look to see how, how the storms are moving just right. to see if they're going to miss me or if they're coming or if I should pack up now and get home quick. It's important because you it don't want to get stuck. No. You don't want to be caught off guard and surprised and have all your stuff blown around. And it's, it's important. Yeah. I mean, for those of you who have just been in the Valley for the first, uh, actually for their first summer, God bless you. I know you're probably <laughs> trying to turn around, turn around. Thinking like, it wasn't that bad. No one twenties, no one twenties. We're okay. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> well, you know. Gold, gold doesn't melt on your body till about 120. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> That's right, Dan. I don't know. I'm still looking for gold every time we do demo and a remodel. I'm looking for gold in the wall. I did some yesterday. I couldn't find it. What did I find? I found mold. You found brown gold. I found brown <laughs> gold. I mean, Gross. give me a break. Hey, mold is gold. It takes yeah, money to get rid of it. I mean, oh I don't gosh. know. But anyway, for all the listeners who actually have had, this is their first summer, and just, you know, we talk about you know, monsoon and haboobs and they have, what is this strange word we're hearing? Tell our listeners a little bit about so they can kind of get up to speed. So we have monster dust storms here. And, you know, blowing dust is one thing. Little dust storm, you know, we see those sometimes in the spring or in the fall. But this is like a different category of dust storm. This is like a dust storm on steroids. It's a mega dust storm. It's a mega dust storm. And it's called a haboob. And researchers have been using that name here for 30 plus years. So it's nothing new. Uh, But a lot of people who, you know, didn't know scientists never heard it until people started saying it on TV. So uh, that's why some people are a little bit surprised to hear it. But it's well documented, well researched. And we have them here in Arizona. They actually have gotten a little bit worse in recent years, and some of that has to do with land management issues um, between Phoenix and Tucson, especially going into the recession several years yeah. ago. You had a lot of these plots that were um, the, 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 the builders disrupted them, right? Exactly, and tore it up. Tore, tore up the desert floor. And then left And then went, went away. Yep, exactly. And we even had problems with that this year down in southeast Arizona uh, near Wilcox. There was actually one plot of land down That's there right. that kept causing blinding dust storms along I-10 right near the Arizona-New Mexico state line. It happened over and over and over again. And they had to go out there with this stuff Gor- called... Gorilla gr- snot. Yeah, gorilla snot. And everybody was <laughs> like, what? And it was something that they sprayed over the field to help map that loose soil down because it was causing chain reaction crashes. And so that that's why our dust storms in recent years have gotten a lot worse than Valley natives remember. Mm-hmm. A well, lot of that has to do with the building. Because I can remember as a kid, yeah. we actually, we wasn't for cowboys, playing cowboys to have the, you know, the little cover. That was to actually breathe before, so you could get home. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't playing bad but guys, you, playing yeah. cowboys. but cowboys. But you know, guys, one of the things that, you know, is always, besides the blowing dust and all that stuff they've been trying to do to help it better, because I've been, I've gone through dust storms on I-10, but one of the things that obviously that people back east and up up north don't remember that even though we have this heat, we have some unbelievable humidity during this time. In fact, our good friend Walter huh. has some comments about Arizona heat. 
How about uh, when we we see in August, we are in Phoenix. August in Phoenix, Arizona. Your agent is a moron. <laughs> he was 112 three days in a row. And what do all the locals say? But it's a dry heat. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> that has got to be That's one of my funny. most favorite things <laughs> we're talking about weather in That's Phoenix. Right. Yeah, right. because in August, it's not a dry heat. Oh, we can get away with saying that in May and June, but in August, when dew points are like in the 50s and 60s, I mean, it is soupy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We've, got, we've got another one that we play occasionally yeah. when the heat's right with, with an old Robin Williams segment where he turns around where he says, that he, you know, he, there's a guy in the he's burning up in the field. It's so hot. <laughs> I mean. The memes people send me this time of year are just hilarious. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that we wanted to just touch base on, because when the monsoons roll in and the rainstorms come in, you know, obviously roofs are the thing that's people just don't think about, especially yeah. until the rains come. Oh, too late. And when monsoon rains come, I mean, it's pretty intense because the wind, everything, you know, for the most part, you know, shingles go flying, you know, probably wind up in your neighbor's yard, you know, like three houses away. Yeah. You know, and the only way you could find out whose they were is just match up the colors. <laughs> I mean, that's all that way you could find out where they that's come not, from. That's funny because I, when I was out there at Palo Verde for those two uh, pre-manufactured that were hit, they, the neighbors were discussing and, and having uh, severe discussions about whose shed damaged whose Fence. Oh my God! Oh my God! Now wait a minute. Now you had a white shed. You had the gray shed. The white shed ruined that fence. Yeah. The gray shed moved moved over there and didn't hit, hit no. anybody's. So don't be yelling at the wrong name. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, you know That's he, how bad it is. They they move miles. Here, yeah. <laughs> here we are Labor Day. You know, actually here we are Labor Day time, and we've got about another month of this. What can we yeah. expect from the monsoon season? Well, as is typical for much of the season, we'll have stretches where it's dry and quiet, and then we'll have stretches where we get that monsoon moisture back and we see storms. So, again, officially, the National Weather Service has defined the monsoon season from June 15th to September 30th. So we have until that uh, day officially to be in the monsoon. But as we all know, before there was designated uh, official monsoon season, we did it all by tracking the moisture. And so sometimes the moisture's gone before September 30th. Yeah. We're just going to have to watch and see. Um, in the meantime, there's still a chance here for storms in the forecast. And uh, it, as we've seen over the last several times we've gotten hit, some people get nothing at all. And other people, it's like Armageddon at their house. Well, and you, their roof is and, torn and up. Well, and, yeah. Yeah. and then for, for those of us that have been here too long, or grew up here, listen for the cicadas. When they're kicking in, stuff's going to be well, happening you, today. Oh, well, that's you know, you know, it was really yeah. stray was it about a week ago or so. They, they, I didn't remember seeing them talk about anything about rain. All of a sudden, I went to bed. It was almost 11 o'clock. Following morning, I wake up, and, and I thought the lightning was going to hit the house. Yeah. It was so intense, and it was just unbelievable. And I'm like, no, man, I slept right through it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, thank God. I went outside. Everything looked like it was relatively dry. I mean, it had dried out. You know, it must have been maybe an hour, Quick two hit. hours. Yeah. And you were one, two o'clock in the morning. And after that, it was all over. I mean, that's the other thing to remember, too, here, when you see those rain chances and storm chances in the forecast. We usually don't do all-day rain events, right? No. So, I mean, much of your day is going to be okay. Right. There just might be a couple of hours that suck. So keep that, let's keep that in mind. <laughs> oh, my God. That reminds me of Florida. When they, when they give you a prediction of 60% chance of rain that day, in Florida, that means 60% of the day, it's going to rain. That's yeah, the way it that's works out not there. What it, yeah, that's not, yeah. Ex, that's not what it means 
That's right. Well, listen, it could be, for sure. it could be worse. Yeah. It could be Seattle. Like, you know, they make fun of people living in Seattle. They walk around with gill slits on their raincoats. Yeah. I mean, come on. And they have sacrifices when the sunshine comes out. Well, you know, <laughs> the just, gods are angry just, see think, the sun. just think we all have, you know, we're coming. We get out of this. We get into October and it's the fall season. It's fourth quarter thinking Halloween pumpkins holiday thanksgiving and christmas and, oh, oh, and it's going to get dry and, and then we have six months of why we all moved to arizona yeah go outside you know and just you know enjoy it. light up the barbecue you know it's mm-hmm. nice cool 70 80 degrees i mean i can't wait i can't wait either and you don't you never have to shovel sunshine right that's so, exactly that's my point yes. that's my we point can exactly. deal with the three months of heat right to not right. have to shovel in exactly the and we could we could we could have fun and poke friends at all our friends back in new york and chicago and all the yeah. midwest and say hey how, how deep is the snow what's the wind chill there today what's 84 the below what's no the, sorry what's the glacier effects index out there oh man that's okay our time is coming our time is coming I want to, Amber, thank you so much You're for being welcome. here today. We really appreciate you always coming in. You always have a, a welcome seat here to come in and, you know, check out check out what's happening with the weather. I love it. You know, you know and anytime you want, I'll send that special request in for you so you can come on down. Yeah, just get me a pass. I'll let myself in. I'll get it. I'll get it. All right. <laughs> All right. Amber Sullins from ABC 15. Thank you so much. Now, what's the weather like out there? It's hot. Damn hot. Real hot. Hot of this is my shorts. I can cook things in it. Little crotch pot cooking. It's damn hot. You can be a little thing. I saw it so damn hot. I saw one of those little guys in the orange robe burst into flames. It's that hot. You know what I'm talking about. As they say, you know, the guests keep on coming, you know, but one of the things that we talked about earlier when we opened the show, Dan, was, you know, we only have we have a lot of friends of the show. That's As right. we like to call FOTS. FOTS. Okay. Of the show. You've got your FOTS together now. <laughs> i got my FOTS together now. But one of, the, one, of the, one of our most favorite friends of the show is our former president, Bill Clinton. And, Mr. President, <laughs> are you on the, on the line with us? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm here, Steve. How you doing? We're doing just great. Great to have you on the show again. Long time no here. So tell us, how's your home doing, by the way? Uh, well, I'm 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 still very mad at you, oh. and and that's the real reason why I came on the show. Oh, okay. You know, I'm, a very, I'm a very confused man. You know, I only go <laughs> I only go to the movies in, in, in groups of eighteen or more because I read the sign said under seventeen not admitted. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm very confused, and I'm, I'm very mad at you. And the fact that you did not put the clapper in my home has caused me to have a number of medical conditions. And but because I'm a nice person, Steve, unlike you, I'm a nice person. I wanted to give you some medical definitions from Arkansas. All Are right, ready? Let, yeah, I'm ready. Let's let's hear. I'm sure they're going to be very okay. interesting. So in Arkansas, X-rayed means for adult audiences only. Uh-huh. 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 Okay. okay. Yeah, I, can, I can understand that. Pap smear means somebody insulted your daddy. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you missed now, the do you, know, do, you, do you know what in Arkansas benign means? Oh, wait a minute. I think you told me that one once before. What? It, 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 well, it, it, it's what you are after you be eight. That's right. You be benign. <laughs> So, um, but anyway, I'm, I, my home is, is not how I would like it, Steve. Can you offer me an advice? Yeah, I mean, you know, if your home is just, you know, not the way you want, you need to, first of all, you need to take a break. So we're going through <laughs> a lot of tragedies right now in our family. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. 
That's that. Yeah. That's that's a shame. Well, uh, it, it's been it's been very troublesome and uh, very worrisome. And uh, do you think if I bought a home here, you would put the clapper in it? Absolutely, we'll put the clapper in it for you. So this way, you could actually <laughs> you can get up on time. You can go anywhere you want. Well, you know, we'll make sure that we get that put in for you because that's that's a that's a, that's a high tech high tech piece of equipment. <laughs> Okay, because this campaign is not going well. Uh, somebody was saying a, a pizza is better than my wife because at least a pizza can feed a family of four. You know what I mean? My wife's policies don't work. Isn't there some controversy at home when you guys talk politics? Well, there's a lot of controversy. I mean, I, I'm still angry. I've got anger from my childhood. I mean, I'm very angry at, at, at my parents. Every year on Halloween, they dress me up as a Jehovah's Witness, and nobody would ever answer the damn door. <laughs> And I knew they were home. I could hear them watching Soul Train. Oh, Oh my God. That's just too funny. Uh, You know, Mr. President, we always love to have you on the show, but you want to know something? You know, you told me something a very long, long time ago, and uh, I want to send it back to you because it's the absolute truth. You're a great American. I love you. (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, well, let, let me let me just leave you with this. I want I want I want to tell you what happened to me last night, and hopefully you can learn from it. Last night I, I got pretty drunk, but then I woke up this morning and I smelt the coffee brewing, and I heard the bacon sizzling, and I heard the pancakes flipping, and then I realized I passed out at Denny's. <laughs> Southern Slam. Southern, Southern Slam. Slam. Mr. Mr. President, we love to have you on the show and make sure that you get Hillary here so this way we can go take care of your home and get that clapper installed. I wish I was with you right now, Steve. I'd give you a big hug and kiss. Oh. <laughs> Just remember one thing. You're a great American. I love you. Uh, thanks again, Mr. President. <laughs> Bye. All right. We'll Bye. see you soon. Bye. There you go. See, there's the clapper. (laughs) It's too funny. All right, when we come back, I need a break to recover from that. You do. A little little Arkansas humor there from our former president. Oh, I love it when he calls in. We just want to remind everybody, make sure that if you are listening to Boxcar Universe, you could check us out every week on any podcast player. And if you are interested in doing a container home, getting a container home or interested in, you know, like Mel had said, one of our customers is interested in doing a, a, a tiny home or a small container home and put on your property, make sure you can always email us at boxcarliving at gmail.com as well as Steve at boxcaruniverse.com. And remember, let us containerize your lifestyle. Have a great weekend. You're a great American. I love you. 